Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and here we go. Revelation 6, 1 through 8, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> We're moving into that part of Revelation that sometimes seems like it's science fiction. But what if a year ago I had predicted that a pandemic would shut down the entire world and shut everyone in, in the entire world? What if I had said that? What if I said that protests would erupt across the United States for months and months that, that, this, that they would morph into riots. These protests would morph into riots all across the United States for months and months. And then that our Capitol building would be breached during the presidential vote, the confirmation for the presidential vote. <coughs> what, if, <coughs> what if I said that that would happen? And that Christians would be seen as the problem, as the problem. And that people would be openly talking about concentration camps for Christians. Yes, it's happening. And churches would be singled out for special restriction during this pandemic time. And then, and then just this morning, I'm just re following the news this morning that, that now the unifying, peace-loving Democrats, you know, who had mostly peaceful protests, <coughs> uh, that now they're gonna, now they're saying we have to de-escalate things, President Trump. So what are they doing? They're trying to invoke the 25th Amendment and trying to impeach him a second time. Uh, <laughs> which is causing more anger and more, vi you know, violence. And it, it's just, it's not stopping. Like one of the congressmen I just saw said, do they understand what's gonna, does anyone understand what's gonna happen? Yes, I do. I've been predicting this for years. God is judging us. He's going to divide the United States up. We won't be the USA. We'll be the DSA, the divided states of America. What if, what if a year ago I had, it's God's judgment. It's all God's judgment. What if I had told you a year ago that we would all be facing a decision right now to take a vaccine or else you may lose your job or, and you would not be able to travel anywhere. What if I told, now I'm not trying to judge the, 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 the vaccine itself. I'm simply trying to judge the response to it or the way it's being used. Christians on both sides are praying about it as long, uh, you know, praying about whether they should take it or not. That's a matter of conscience. There's no Bible verse on it. So I'm not judging the vaccine. I'm simply judging the way it's being used, the agenda of it. What if I told you that the Pope would be encouraging Christians to take the vaccine, even the vaccine that uses the aborted baby technology? What if I said he would be encouraging the use of that? You, you have a choice. There's vaccines that don't, vaccines that do. And he's saying, use it anyway, whatever it is, uh, because uh, it's better, This it's, uh, it's okay to use this because it's for the good of all. What if I told you the Pope himself was throwing these babies under the bus? What if what if I told you that an identifying mark was being openly discussed to, to show who has and who hasn't taken the vaccine? And that and that now there's even discussion that COVID could be morphing into something that could really impact this planet. So far, it's been scary, but hasn't been. But think if it morphed the same way that the Spanish flu did in in 1918, when it went from the USA over into Europe, morphed into a killer, killer virus, and came back again. That's what potentially could very well happen. Uh, then it would really be serious. Is this sci-fi, science fiction? No. The truth, but the truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. And we are seeing the book of Revelation, even this next section, we're starting to see it fulfilled, being set up in the daily news today, which brings us to Revelation 6 and the seven seals. Revelation chapter 6 starts off the seven seals. 
which are judgment, which are the beginning of the tribulation, <clears throat> which are involved in the tribulation. Let's pray that we're going to look at this. Father, we just pray that our eyes would be open, that we as Christians would be prepared. We wouldn't be caught off guard, we'd be, but we wouldn't be upset either because we know this is bringing us closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that if anybody's not ready for that coming, that anybody has not put their faith in Jesus, that they're still under Satan's control and in danger of eternity in hell, as we're going to see here in Revelation, Lord, I pray that their eyes would be open, they would be, they would surrender to you, they would kneel before your throne and put their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to look at the first of the four seals. There's seven seals, the sealed judgments. Uh, we're going to look at the first four today, and specifically the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Revelation 6, verse 1. I watched, the lamb, I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse, its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Woo! Here we go. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Verse 1. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. So, uh, the four living creatures, we're going to see that the lamb is the one opening the seals. Jesus Christ is opening these seals. Remember, he was found worthy to open. We saw that the last couple of times. And the four living creatures call four different horses. <laughs> uh, it sounds funny, but on the farm, we'd call cows and horses and we had different calls for, for different animals and they would come. They would come for different calls. And these, these four horses are being called with four very scary riders. Think of Lord of the Rings and the Nazgul's, right? You know, the, the, the riders on, the, the nine riders, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the demonic riders. Think of them. This is what we're looking at. The first one is a rider on a white horse. Now, this is not Jesus Christ. Je- the Lamb, Jesus, is opening the seals. He's not riding on horses. Not yet. End of Revelation, he is going to ride on a horse. Wait till we get to that part. But uh, look at verse 2. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror on, bent on conquest. Some have t- think this could be Jesus. There's some similarities. But if you look closely, there are key differences. First of all, Jesus is opening the seals, right? But look at the context, and look what follows this rider. Three demonic horrible riders. When Jesus comes again, we will be following Jesus and and uh, and he will be bringing the kingdom, not destruction. Also, the crowns that this the crown that this guy is wearing here on the white horse is a victor's wreath. That's what the word means is a victor's wreath. Think of a Roman general who has conquered. Uh, Jesus 
Christ in Revelation 19, when he rides the horse, is going to be wearing a different crown. It's called a diadema in the Greek, and it means a royal crown. It's a very different crown. No, this is not Jesus Christ. This is the Antichrist. The Antichrist. He's riding in a white horse. Why white? Because he wants to look like a good guy. Remember the, in the westerns, riding the white horse, you know, the white hat, you know, wants to look like the good guy, right? Because, uh, because he's a false messiah. He's a counterfeit, a false messiah. And the coming of the Antichrist here kicks off the tribulation. Satan will possess a politician, a world ruler, who will then become, will have this meteoric rise and, and become the world ruler of the entire world. He will seem to have all the answers. He'll be able to solve the coronavirus or whatever is going on at that time. He'll be very popular. The world will follow him and will actually worship him as we see. He'll be demanded to be worshipped. He will also have a false prophet. We're going to see this as we go through the book of Revelation. <clears throat> An eloquent speaker who has his demonic powers. And, and this is this is the unholy trinity. Just as there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we have Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. This is the unholy trinity. Now back to the rider on the white horse, which we know is the Antichrist. He will have a bow, a bow, bow and arrow, bow, but no arrows. Why no arrows? Because he will conquer the world initially peacefully. He will look like a man of peace. He will promise world peace. He will even pull off Middle East peace for on a temporary basis. He will make a covenant with Israel. Somehow he's going to make a covenant with Israel for, for seven years of peace. That's the start of the tribulation is when he makes this peace because also connected to this, this deal he makes is the rebuilding of the temple. How that's going to happen, we don't know if a bomb's going to blow up the, the mosque. We don't know if an earthquake. We don't know if somehow they're going to build them both side by side. We're not, we don't know, but somehow this is going to happen. He's going to set this up on the temple mount and it's going to be built. And when you see a world leader make a peace deal to rebuild the temple, you know that that is the Antichrist. I don't care how great you think this guy is. That is the Antichrist and that is the start of the tribulation. The tribulation, the last seven years on the planet Earth. We're going to see this as we go through the book of Revelation. But what he's really doing, and the Jews are going to think he's the, the Messiah. They didn't follow, so many of them didn't follow the true Messiah. They're going to follow a false, the false Messiah. But halfway through, he's going to have this peace deal. Halfway through the seven years, three and a half years into it, he's going to break the peace deal. He's going to take over Israel by force. He's going to force his way into the temple and set up his own image to be worshipped. The abomination, Daniel called it, the abomination that causes desolation. Remember we saw that when we studied the book of Daniel. I hope you've done that already. You've gone through that sermon series. But this this is his image and he's going to demand to be worshipped, not just by the Jews, but by the entire world. He's going to demand that they take his mark, the mark of the beast. That is the, this, that that is halfway to when he peace deal, temple, started the tribulation, but when he breaks the deal and he forces away and is worshipped in the temple, forces the entire world to worship his image. Wow, why do you think we all have these phones, right? You can see what he's going to do. And, and when that happens, that is the start of the last three and a half years, and that's when the tribulation begins in earnest. That's when, when we're going to see God's judgments come pouring on out here. Okay, so... He will be wearing a crown, a crown. He's going to, it's the victor's crown. He's going to be wearing a crown. The world is anxious 
to crown a world leader. And this is going to be some, a one world government with a one world currency and a one world religion. And, and you're, we're going to be told we, are, we have to, we're going to be try to force us to pray and worship the Antichrist because he, that's how Satan's going to get his worship. Through this, just as when we give glory to Jesus, we're giving glory to the Father. That he wants to get, he wants to get the glory, the Antichrist, so it will go to his Father, Satan himself. Uh, but the whole world is looking for a world leader that they can follow. You can see it. You can see it in politics in the United States. You can see it in the world. In fact, uh, the European Union architect, Listen to what he said. A former Belgium prime minister who was one of the founding fathers of the European Union spoke prophetically into the current climate surrounding the European Union and the economic chaos. The prophecy is the prophet the prospect is chillingly real. Uh, and, and I'm going to just read a verse here. Second Thessalonians 2, 3 to 4. Let no one deceive you in any way, for it will not come until the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Second Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4. But I'm going to read now. Uh, Paul Henry Spock, 1899 to 1972, was a former Belgian prime minister and one of the principal architects of what has since in its origins now become known as the European Union. His words are chillingly prophetic regarding the current, melt, current meltdown in, in the Eurozone. And this is what he said. This is a, a, a prophecy, a prophet unaware, but not a good prophecy. He said, we do not want another committee. We have too many already. We do What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man... Send us such a man, and be he God or devil, we will receive him. Woo! Prophetic. 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 We're going to receive him. He's going to bring peace, but the peace will be temporary, and, the, and then the Antichrist will show his true colors. He's a vicious killer and liar, just like his father, the devil. He, he will dominate and rule, and look who follows him right after he comes. He's going, to, he's going to bring in another rider. Verse 3, When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. The rider on the red horse, blood red, and he brings War. He brings war. War. He's given a large sword, which I just happen to have one back here. I know I use it all the time. I use it lots of illustrations. But this one is, he's going to have a large sword. He's going to bring war to this planet in a way that it's never experienced war before, which is scary because we've had lots of wars. But this is World War Three. he brings, right? It, the, the, uh, very likely refers here, this war to Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Battle of Gog and Magog. Russia won't fall in line. Uh, has, Russia has never trusted the U.S. or Europe. They will, he, they will form a Muslim coalition to come along with them, which will try to exert uh, their, his will, the Antichrist's will, uh, in the, the middle, I'm sorry, will try to exert the will of Russia in the Middle East, and Russia in the Middle East, and they will attack 
Israel. They're going to attack Israel at this time. God will supernaturally deliver Israel, just like he's going to all the way through Revelation. But somehow the Antichrist will take credit for this. And he's going to take credit for that victory and deliverance. And he's going to put it all together in his agenda for this World War III. But what usually follows war, we know there's going to be massive war breaking out. World War III, it's going to be horrible leading up to finally Armageddon later on, which would be World War Four, really. But uh, anyway, you can see this Muslim... Co- that's what I was trying to remember. This Muslim coalition is already formed. We know exactly the countries that are involved because they are, they are outlined in, in uh, Ezekiel, and we can see exactly where they are today. The only one that was missing this whole time has been Turkey. Turkey was trying to join the European Union, was trying to be westernized, democracy. But I kept saying... Years ago, the only thing missing is Turkey. Somehow, something's going to have to happen to tip them back in the other side. And sure enough, here we are today. Turkey is no longer one of us. It's hostile and it's ready to join Russia in this coalition. Uh, what? So there's going to be the, the war. There's going to be uh, what follows that is another rider. But this rider is on a black horse in verses 5 and Six verses five and six. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living third living creature say, "Come!" I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures say, "A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine." He is going to bring famine. Famine. The worldwide famine will now follow the war. And it won't take much. We are on the edge of famine today. Most people don't realize that we are on the edge because we live in the United States. And you can't imagine how the rest of the world lives. Even Russia, their shelves are empty. But they can't, you can't imagine how the rest of the world lives. But that, we're going to realize that the whole world is going to be under this. A quart of wheat, which is one meal. One meal is going to take a day's wages. They, the the, the fish, Greek says uh, the Greek coin denarius here, which was a day's wages. And then he says three quarts of barley, which is inferior to wheat, would be uh, three low-quality meals for a day's wage. So either get a nice meal for a day's wage or, or really garbage food for, for a day's wage, three meals of that. But that leaves... Nothing for somebody's family. That's just one guy. What about the family? They're not going to have enough. They're going to have to share that. And it leaves, leaves nothing extra for living expenses. We're talking about starvation living. In the New Testament time, a denarius could buy ten times that much food. Much of the world already lives day to day. And about 10% of the world already goes to bed hungry. Already it's there. We... Look what happened with the coronavirus and the shelves being emptied, completely stripped bare, emptied. Imagine if those shelves were not refilled. That's what is going to happen. There's going to be a run on the food and everybody's going to grab it, but it won't refill and everybody is going to be starving. It's going to be a wild famine. But it says, don't touch the oil and the wine. Oil, the, the angel said, don't touch the oil and the wine, not affected yet. Those are also the staple foods of the Middle East, the oil and the wine. And, and for oil... The, the 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 olive trees and wine, the grape vines, their roots go deeper than everything else, deeper than the, the wheat, deeper than the barley. The roots go deeper. And this is also a picture of the rich people. The rich won't be as affected as the poor yet. Their roots go deeper. They have their stocks. You know, they have their, 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 their money. Uh, but 
But the Antichrist, even for the rich, the Antichrist, we're going to see, will even control the buying and selling of food. You must prove your loyalty to him to even get food, what food there is. Six, 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 as we'll see in a few chapters. Uh, the, we see a picture. How, how could that happen? Look what happened, is happening right now with the coronavirus and the vaccine. Once again, I'm not judging the vaccine one way or another, your conscience, but look at how it's being used and what it's preparing us for. Uh, it's preparing us and it's a picture of what's going to happen. There's already talk of forcing people to get the vaccine or you won't be able to go out of your house. You know, there's talk openly about this already. And, and that's what we're going to, it's all preparing us. People say, oh, I'm going to take the vaccine. I'm going to take the mark. It's preparing us. I'm not saying you shouldn't take the vaccine. Don't say I said that. I'm simply saying it's all preparation. The agenda is preparation. Uh, verses 7 and 8. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Clint Eastwood. Joking, pale rider. Yeah, that's where they got the movie from. Joking. Uh, its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. The rider on the pale horse is Death. Death. The Greek word for this is chloros. All right, chloros. Sound familiar? Uh, literally, it's a pale green, pale green. It's a color of a corpse, a color of a corpse. For those who have watched Lord of the Rings, Gollum, the color of Gollum. He was like the living dead hobbit there. Uh, he was he was almost dead. He was like a walking corpse. And that's a picture of what this rider is. It's death riding. And Hades is following. Hades' is hell is following him. Uh, it's the death of the body and then the soul in Hades. As, as they die, they go right into hell. Right into Hades, which was temporary hell. And then they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire later on. We'll see that in Revelation. Obviously, these are not believers who are dying. Hades is a temporary hell. We, as Christians, when we die, we go immediately into the presence of Jesus Christ. Whether this, is, whether Christians aren't, whether believers aren't being sent, dying and going to hell is because maybe we've already been all raptured. Possibility. Praying for that, hoping for that, you never know. Or because of like in the Exodus, we are, just like the Jews were protected during the ten plagues of the Exodus, we as Christians could be protected. The mark of Jesus Christ. We don't have the mark of the beast, but the Bible talks about the mark that God puts on true believers. And that, that mark could be on our forehead and is protecting us from God's wrath, which is hitting everybody else. We will be protected if we are still here. It says here that a quarter of the earth is killed. If that happened right now, it would be 1.5 billion, uh, almost 2 billion people would die by the sword, which is war, by famine, by plague. Woo! Could see that happen, couldn't we? Uh, coronavirus could morph just like the Spanish flu did. Even worse, could make, uh, could make the, um, the bubonic plague look like nothing, right? Uh, and not only that, but animals. And the animal kingdom will rebel against people. Right now, they have been given the fear of man. Remember Noah? When he came out, God put the fear of man on the animals. But there's an occasional shark attack or a lion. We're looking for a meal. Or a, you, you ever try to take a little calf away from the mom cow? Woo! Gets pretty mad. That's unsettling. But imagine if the entire animal planet became like the movie birds. Remember the birds attacking everybody? You know, imagine if the whole planet became, all the animals became like that, attacking people. That is what is going to happen. It won't be a horror movie. It'll be real. Alright? Scary. Scary stuff. The four riders of the apocalypse. It's scary, but I have encouragement for those who are Christians. 
the four riders of the the four riders of the apocalypse, the four horsemen are not coming for us. <laughs> Once again, we may be raptured, possibility, or God will protect us definitely. But we the, these these riders are not coming for us. Jesus is coming back for us. Second Thessalonians one seven and ten says this. Uh, God, oh, we'll start with verse 6. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power on the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you have believed our testimony. Jesus is coming back for us. We Now once again... There's a lot of discussion. Good Christians have different opinions. It doesn't matter. It only matters what God's opinion is. But it could be because this could be the rapture. We might be taken up. But this seems to lead toward um, a pre-tribulation rapture. But this seems to lead toward that we're going to be taken when Jesus comes. He were waiting for him when he physically comes. Or once again, Exodus. Even if we are still here, the seal of God protects us from God's wrath until Jesus comes. But once again, it does seem, this would seem to lean toward a post-tribulation rapture. Don't fight about it, but just understand, prepare for pre, I'm sorry, pray for pre, prepare for post-tribulation rapture. Prepare, be prepared for pre, mid, or post, but of course we're praying and we're voting. Unfortunately, God's the king and not uh, the president, but we're, we're prayerfully voting for pre-tribulation, right? Uh, be ready. Be ready because it's a mystery. God has not showed us clearly what's going to happen. He just says, be ready. And says, the only thing we know for sure is we better be ready and Jesus is coming again for us, all right? But are you ready for Jesus to come again? Because look at what that passage just said. Are you ready? He will punish those uh, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Those who don't have never put their faith in Jesus Christ, have not obeyed the gospel and put their faith in Jesus Christ, given their life to Him, repented of their sin and, and, and turned their lives over to the one true God and His one and only Son, those who have not done that are going to face punishment, are going to face an eternity in hell, everlasting destruction, uh, you know, uh, shut out from the presence of the Lord. In hell, someday. We're going to see that in the rest of Revelation, how they're going to be thrown actually into a physical hell. And, and, but you can be protected from God's wrath. You don't have to face this. You can be protected if you obey the gospel. You can be protected now, here on earth, no matter what goes through. God's wrath won't touch you. And for eternity, and you'll be in heaven someday. You won't be spending eternity in hell under God's wrath. Now and forever, we can be protected by Obeying the gospel. The gospel is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus Christ? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Given your life to Jesus Christ. That, that's why he died on the cross 
for our sin. That's why He rose again from the dead to give us a new life. That's why He's coming again to give us eternal life. He's coming again, a second coming, to give us life not only now, but forever with Him someday. You must decide which Messiah will you follow, the Antichrist or Jesus Christ, the true Christ. Who are you going to surrender to? Who are you going to put your trust in? You can put your faith in Jesus right now and break Satan's power on your life. Break sin's power. Break fear's power on your life right now. Let's pray. As Christians, are we looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Is that our focus as we're praying here? Is our focus on a political leader who's going to save us, (laughs) save our country? Or is our focus on Jesus Christ who will save our soul? Because we have a, our citizenship is in heaven. We belong to Him. Our hope is in Him. Doesn't mean we don't have to fight battles here in all different areas. But where's our hope? Where's our focus? What are we putting our energy into? And maybe you're hearing this and you realize that you are not protected. That you are still under God's wrath. That you are still a sitting duck for the Antichrist and his lies and deception. You're going to follow Satan. Just as you're following him right now. All of us start out there. You're, and you're going to follow him to, to, into eternity someday. In hell. But you don't have to. You can break free. You can break free. You can receive God's Holy Spirit, which will warn you against the, 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 the false prophet. You can receive the Holy Spirit and have Jesus Christ on the throne of your heart so you won't even think about following the Antichrist and bowing before Him. But it takes a prayer of faith, a step of faith, a surrender of faith to God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And you can pray that right now. Right now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. I turn my back on the world and its lies. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. Because I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I want you to open my eyes. I want the Holy Spirit to dwell in me and live in me and and make me a new creation in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that every person who hears this would pray that prayer of faith for sure. If they haven't already done it, they would pray that prayer of faith. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to get wilder. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you've become a new person in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you have a family member who's a Christian or a a friend who's a Christian, someone who's been praying for you for years probably, or or you know of a good church local that's a Bible-believing, born-again, gospel-preaching church, you know of a good church like that, let that pastor know. Get connected somewhere. Get into a good Bible church. And if you need help getting connected, or if you need someone to be excited for you and encourage you, let me know. Uh, Chuck Wilson, my email is nhcc at comcast.net. All right, put on your seatbelts because it's going to get wilder.
Next, we're going to look at the fifth seal in Revelation 6. God bless.